Deconstruct 2006, a one-day web conference in Brighton, England on the 8th of September. Today I'm talking to Derek Featherstone, one of the speakers at this year's Deconstruct. Derek is an accessibility expert, a superb JavaScripter, and a good friend. He's also a great public speaker. He runs a company called Further Ahead in Ottawa, Canada, and he has another website called boxofchocolates.ca. So, Derek, is a blog like a box of chocolates? Well, it depends on the blog, I guess. Uh, uh, didn't I, you used to have a blog once? I, I, yes, I heard a rumor to that effect, but I'm not really sure. It's been unconfirmed. Been neglecting your blogging skills lately? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been spending more time with my family than, than I have been blogging. So. Oh, that's shameful. I know. It's horrible. So you're a busy man these days? Yeah, it seems to be getting busier and busier all the time. Perhaps you could explain exactly what kind of work it is you do. Um, I have uh, <clears throat> three, three types of work that I do. Uh, one... One is a lot of, uh, I still do a lot of web development work, uh, hands-on development, back-end coding, front-end coding, uh, JavaScript, CSS, um, plain old HTML, whatever it is uh, that I need to do on the, on the front-end. Uh, I also spend a lot of time right now uh, doing accessibility consulting and uh, spending time doing, doing user testing or, or doing expert reviews of sites or combinations thereof where I'm combining results of user testing and expert review to come up with recommendations and things like that for, for people to improve their website. And I'm also spending a lot of time uh, getting training going. I'm planning on getting back to my roots as a teacher and doing a lot more uh, training again. So you're no stranger to public speaking then? No, no, I've been doing it for quite some time. And I guess you get to uh, travel the globe, spreading the good word of accessibility? Yeah, it's one of the, one of the fringe benefits. So where have your travels taken you? Quite a few places. Um, I was at London, in London, the UK last year for At Media, uh, 2005, and spoke in at, in Sydney, Australia, at Web Essentials in 2005, and then of course various places around the United States as well. And so a lot of some return engagements uh, coming up for this year. Speaking at Web Directions in Sydney again this year, and. Uh, Again, a bunch of other cities around the states, California, Texas, um, and uh, a bit in Florida as well. And somewhere in there, you're going to make a return visit to Brighton. I am. Right. So what's on the cards for Deconstruct? Would it be fair to characterize you as the token accessibility guy on the schedule? Well, I don't think I'm token by any means, but I do seem to be the only uh, hardcore accessibility person on that uh, on the schedule. So... Uh, I mean, it might be fair to characterize me that way, but uh, I certainly don't see myself that way. Okay, well, how are you going to win over the crowd? How are you going to show them the light? I, I don't need to. They're already enlightened. Right. Okay, good it's, point. It's a very, this is a very switched-on group of people that, I'm, that, that are going to be attending Deconstruct. Otherwise, they wouldn't be attending in the first place. True. So what, what are you going to give them? What are they going to get to see, the old Featherstone magic? Well, what I'm what I have planned is is uh, looking at, at a few examples uh, in a in a very short period of time, but looking at some of the work that I've been uh, doing, trying to uh, find ways to help people produce accessible scripting techniques, whether it be uh, you know with with uh, pure DOM scripting or using 
you know, back-end synchronization to do some uh, asynchronous JavaScript using the old Ajax. Trying to take a look at some of those examples and, and look at some typical uh, problem areas and why they pose problems to people with disabilities and, and various assistive technology, and then looking at what we can do to potentially solve some of those problems. That's all well and good that developers are going to learn what, what they can do, but with a lot of these problems, I'm thinking especially of uh, assistive technology for the blind, isn't there an onus also on the makers of the technology itself to do something? Absolutely, absolutely, that, that, and, and some of them are. Uh, some of them are very engaged in, in uh, taking the next step, so to speak, and, and ensuring that some of these things that we're trying to do as developers and, and you know, we want to, we want to take advantage of all the technology that we can. Um, it's it's up to them to provide tools to their to their clientele that allows them to take full advantage of the things that we're producing. So we're, you know, they're, they're, they definitely have some responsibility in this as well. And there is work that's that's being done to uh, you know to address some of those issues at the assistive technology level and at the browser level. I think there's a general sort of feeling amongst a lot of developers that accessibility is like a barrier that stands in the way of accomplishing something cool or making a really cool app. That accessibility is something that, that somehow limits you from developing the app you'd really like to develop. Do you think that's a fair characterization? I think it's fair based on the perceptions that some developers might have. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily reality though. Um, you know, in reality, I look at uh, a lot of websites and the technologies there as being barriers to use for a lot of people, uh, and and I think that's more of a barrier when you're when you're talking about the users. I think the barriers that affect them are more important than the barriers that affect developers. So, you know, I, I think it's it's a fairly typical characterization, although I don't think it's. Uh, all that necessarily accurate. Well, I think if you're going to convince people otherwise, you're going to have to show them something that's cool and accessible. That's the plan. Oh, this sounds quite exciting. I've, I, well, especially to an accessibility person like me, it is. I don't know if it'll be exciting to everybody else, but. Now you're, you, so. But you're not just an accessibility person. I mean, you, you're kind of uniquely positioned. I mean, for instance, in the uh, Web Standards Project, you're not just in the DOM scripting task force, you're also in the accessibility task force. Is that an unusual crossover, do you think, for someone to be into scripting and accessibility? Um, I, I think to a certain extent it is, at least to the, the extent to which I've taken it. You know, I, I know that there's a lot of people that are... That, that are involved in scripting that believe in accessibility and really want to make their scripts accessible, um, but there's still, you know, far and wide, there's still misconceptions that simply by making your scripts unobtrusive that it's going to be accessible by default. Uh, and and so while you could you would probably say there are a lot of people that are interested in both, um, I don't, you know, I'm not sure that there's as many people that are are really into scripting that do a lot of user testing to to assess the impact of of the uh, of the scripts that they're producing. So maybe you'll have to do some myth busting. Well, I I, I like to do that all the time, really. So I, I'm definitely hoping to work some of that in there. I've got one example where uh, it, it's a very very simple small problem, but it when when I show it to people and they understand the the impact of it. They, you know, they, they look at it and think, oh my gosh, I have to go and check my sites to see if I've been doing that everywhere. Um, because it's, there's some really simple things that can cause some really significant problems. And it doesn't have anything to do with Ajax. It's, it's got everything to do with 
with the user experience for the person uh, who who has you know a particular disability or is using certain types of assistive technology. It sounds like Deconstruct might be a whole myth-busting type of conference because we've got Aral Balkan there who's going to be busting some myths about Flash and accessibility in Flash as well. I think there might be a lot of developers that will, that will have their eyes opened to technologies that they think they know about. That's good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to his presentation as well. And I hope you're looking forward to coming over to Brighton. Oh, without question. I, I, I can't wait to come there, actually. What's the scene like where you are in, in Ottawa? Is there a good, vibrant web community over there? It's uh, it, it's very interesting here because we've there's been a group of us that have talked about this before, um, trying to grow the web community here. There's a lot of people that work on the web here, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, a lot of bloggers per se. Just as an example, um, there's not a lot of people that are getting together, meeting up every once in a while. I just I just read the uh, the report of the Web Standards Group meetup in London where there's 190 people. And, and that just blew me away. I mean, I, I can't even imagine something like that happening here in Ottawa. Uh, maybe over time, that could be something that would happen, but it's you know it's certainly not quite at that uh, at that stage yet. Of course, the population of London is significantly more than the population of Ottawa anyway. But uh, you know, still, it's it's something that we're there's a group of us that are trying to grow. Uh, I know we've got. We've got meetups coming up soon that uh, we're trying to get a bunch of bloggers together and there's a local user group for Ruby on Rails uh, that get together once a month just to, you know, to see you know, new stuff that's happening and, and cool things, uh, but also just to get out of the house and get together and meet other people that are working on the web. Well, yeah, I was at that Web Standards Group meetup in London, and uh, the talks themselves were great in the auditorium, but then, as usual, everyone went down the pub, and that's where a, a lot of the real fun was to be had, just talking with people. Now, when you speak at conferences, do you find that it's the stuff in the auditorium that really counts, or is it the stuff down the pub? I think it's both. I, I see a lot of the stuff that's happening in the, in the theaters and in the auditoriums as being the catalyst for a lot of the stuff that happens afterwards. Um, it, it's, I, I think both are critical, and I think... You know, if you, I've heard a lot of people say from conferences that they go to that they'll they'll attend sessions and they'll get nothing out of them. Uh, and I, I find that really difficult to take. Uh, I, I presented at a conference earlier this year in, in Orlando, and I, you know, I've always been a believer that no matter what the conference is, no matter what the session is that you're in, there's always at least one nugget in there somewhere um, that you can take away with you, even if the rest of the presentation. Even if if you don't you don't like it you don't think it's good there's always one thing at least that you can take away, and and I delivered the keynote for this this conference and I said, you know, challenge yourself to find that nugget in every single session you're in you know take as much value as you can because you won't get this opportunity again, and and so I think you know that there there is sometimes a, a negative perception of certain you know, conference sessions, but I think there's there's always something there that can be taken away if you're looking for it. So, I mean, I, I, I get, you know, to, for myself, I get equal value out of, of both the sessions and the, and the stuff that uh, that happens afterwards. You know, the, the stuff that happens afterwards is maybe, you know, where you make more personal connections and, and, you know, which for a business might lead to potentially more work or things like that. But I, I think there's uh, different types of value from each. And of course, afterwards is also when you get to show off any bar tricks you might happen to know. I don't know what you're talking about. I can neither confirm nor deny the existence of said tricks. 
Okay, well, we'll just have to wait and see till, till you're over here in Brighton. We've got you here for Deconstruct. I'm personally very, very much looking forward to, to hearing what you have to say. I think it's going to be uh, quite exciting. So I hope I've put on enough pressure now and that you're nervous enough. Yeah, no, no pressure at all. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for talking to me, Derek. Thank you, Jeremy. I hope that you're as excited as I am at seeing Derek Featherstone at Deconstruct 2006. I'm also looking forward to seeing you there. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Talk to you soon.